Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Tuesday, December the 5th, 2023. It is currently 6.16 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Sometimes it's hard for me to believe that we are in 2023, right? I mean, sometimes when you think about it, we are in 2023. You think about how long human beings have been on this planet. You would think by now, so many of the issues that human beings have struggled with for so long, we would have figured out how to overcome them, right? We would have to figure out how to overcome racism, murder, crime, war, so many things. You think we'd be able to overcome it. We would be able to fix it. And then you realize, well, wait a minute, from a theological perspective, I know why we can never overcome all of that. The reason we can't overcome it is because we have a sinful nature, We have a sinful nature and that sinful nature still exists in Christians and in non-Christians. It is there and therefore all of this sin and this evil manifest itself in hatred and violence and gossip and slander and, and just all the different, I mean, I could just make a list of all the different ways it shows up, but it still bothers me sometimes that you would think basic lessons from the past we could learn, right? I don't know. Nazis, Nazi Germany, concentration camps, exterminating 6 million Jews, anti-Semitism. I don't know. You think we could learn maybe to move past that? Racism, bigotry, laws that deny people their civil rights, slavery. You think there's certain things we could just all agree. You know what, guys? That's bad. That's Anti-Semitism is bad. Racism is bad. Slavery is bad. You know, a genocide is bad. You think that was those would be basic things that we could just say, you know what? Yeah, that's that's bad. But since the situation within Israel and Gaza has escalated and there's been all of the violence and so many people have died and hostages have been taken and just that situation plays out day by day, the situation between Russia and Ukraine you you as all of that is played out what you realize is just the bizarre ways people approach this like and and so many ways many people who i think would be more conservative maybe even people who would be christian seem to be more on the side of russia than they are in ukraine which is kind of weird to me that seems bizarre to me and then the situation that is erupted between israel and gaza or or i think we should it would be better to say between israel and hamas a lot of anti-Semitism has started once again raising its ugly head on college campuses, on social media, throughout the world. And and a lot of people, even many who claim to be Christian, seem to be not so supportive of Israel. And I, maybe even, dare I say, some almost seem anti-Semitic. And that's a problem. That's a serious, serious problem. Especially from a biblical perspective, because you think, I mean, this is a, this, I mean, I know, you know, you may think you need, you know, 15 years of seminary to be able to figure this out, but this seems like a pretty simple 
set of scriptures here. You, you can tell me what you think, all right? You can tell me what you think. Matthew chapter 5, starting in verse 38. You have heard that it hath been said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you that you resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if any man will sue thee at the law, take away that coat. Let him have thy cloak also. And whosoever shall compel thee to go a mile, go with him twain. Give to him that asketh thee. From him that would borrow of thee, turn thou not away. You have heard that it hath been said, thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, love your enemies. We are called to love our enemies. Even if you believe a certain group of people are your enemy, you're still supposed to love them. You're supposed to bless them. Now, I understand that's the law of God. And the law of God constantly demonstrates and manifests our inability to keep that law in any meaningful way because the sinful nature still persists. But you think we should at least acknowledge when we fall short of it, right? But there are times lately I've looked around. I'm like, I don't know if we, are we back in the 1940s? Are, 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 have the, the Nazis, has genocide, has anti-Semitism now become the good thing instead of the bad thing? Like, did I, have I entered into, into some kind of alternate universe? What is going on? Now, I don't know what we're looking to in 2024, but it just feels like anti-Semitism is definitely seems to be growing. And it seems, I mean, clearly anti-Semitic things are definitely increasing according to every study. And and I, it is it is seriously problematic. And we one of the places that this is starting to manifest itself is on many university campuses, major universities, where people have said and and been involved in marches and protests that have said some absolutely horrific things in regards to the Jews. What is happening? Well, recently, and I believe it occurred today, presidents of some major universities, presidents from the universities of MIT, Penn, and Harvard were testifying. They were testifying before the House Committee on Education and the Workforce about anti-Semitism. So these presidents of these major universities was testifying before the House Committee on Education and the Workforce about anti-Semitism. And there was one exchange that I saw today that I was like, I don't know how to process this. In fact, I got very upset. I'm just going to be honest with you. I wanted to take my iPad and smash it into a million pieces. Me and my daughter, we just got off the phone discussing it. I was upset about it. She was upset about it. And we're like, what? What is going on? What year is this? What is happening? And so I just want, I look, this is one of those things. You have a studio in your home, as soon as something happens, it's easy to just come up here and talk to you about it, right? So so maybe I should just, this microphone is really my counseling session, right? I can just come here and express my frustration. Sometimes maybe I may, you can say, well, you could have thought it out a little bit better and it could have been better presented. I understand, but, it, but at the same time, it's very real, right? So I'm reacting in real time to this. So I've watched it. I've talked to my daughter about it. I've got strong thoughts about it. I'll try to be measured and my thoughts, but I am concerned. 
Like of all the things, look, if we're looking to 2024, right? Clearly we know one of the major issues facing, I, I can't speak to other people in other countries, but here in the United States of America, our country is more divided than it's ever been. Our, our government seems incapable of actually governing because they act like children. All right. That's a problem. I don't even know what's going to happen when it get t- time for the uh, election, the presidential election. I, I, it's just going to be total chaos before, during and after. I don't even know where we're going. The church, I don't know where the church is headed, uh, but I, 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 I mean, we've got, you know, issues to deal with, like the rise of AI and how that will impact society. There's lots of things to talk about moving into 2024. And we we will, we will probably be talking about that more and more as we move towards it. But anti-Semitism, now is this a situation where in a very tense time, maybe, I'm just going to say hypothetically, the situation between Israel and Hamas finally calms down. There's some sense of stability, some sense of peace, some a ceasefire. There is rebuilding. There is, you know, aid coming into Gaza. I don't think there's ever, there's never going to be a true solution. I don't believe, at least my eschatology tells me there's not going to be a true solution. And the true solution will be when, well, Jesus, the King of the Jews returns and sits on the throne of David. But of course, many will disagree with that eschatology. So I don't even want to get into that because that just gets more division. But I don't think there's ever going to be peace there. Until the Prince of Peace, the King of Kings comes back. But again, that deals with my eschatology. But I, I, if, let's just say, if, if that peace was to happen, does anti-Semitism then die back down? Does anti-Semitism decrease dramatically and we just move on to the next crises, the next big thing? That's what you hope. That's what you hope. But if the situation there continues to intensify, I don't know what anti-Semitism looks like moving into 2024. Uh, But here is the exchange. It's only three minutes and 31 seconds. It's going to go by quick. I'm going to try not to interrupt. I may, but I want you to hear this. Again, this happened, I believe today, where presidents of major universities testified before the House Committee on Education and the Workforce about anti-Semitism. And some of the conversation dealt with anti-Semitism on these major university campuses. And I don't know if you realize this. It seems a lot of young people on TikTok, Gen Z, and on university campuses, they seem to be more in favor with Hamas than they are Israel which it's somewhat kind of confusing to me. Now, I can understand you may not like the Israeli government and you may say the Israeli government is guilty of war crimes. I got no problem saying that. I don't know why then that you would hate Jews, hate the Israeli government, right? Not a race of people. And, but even if you don't like Israel, you're going to like Hamas? Because many of these young people live a lifestyle that Hamas would kill you for. So, so it's, sometimes it's just bizarre listening to what's going on in our culture. But let's listen to this exchange. You draw your own conclusions. Dr. Kornbluth, does M, at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. 
I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated of, as harassment, if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation, that is actionable conduct and we do take action. So the answer is yes that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. That, that, I don't even have words for that. The, the presidents of major universities can't say, hey, calling for the genocide of an entire race of people on our campus, we would call that bullying and harassment. Can you imagine? Can you imagine on these campuses if there were people marching saying calling for the death of all black students or all bl our blacks around the world, those of African-American descent, those who are Spanish, those like calling for the death of all women. I mean, if you call for genocide of any group, that should be considered, I don't know, harassment, bullying, not acceptable on our campus. I got no problem. I, look, I, I am the biggest supporter of free speech. I believe in free speech. I want people to have free speech. I want people to have free speech. I want people to have free speech. But we also know schools have all kinds of rules. 
of what you can and cannot do. Free speech primarily is speech that is not being restricted by the government, but in a school the school can say, well, you have this, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do this. You, they can have all kinds of rules. But if there was a, if there was a bunch of students marching calling for the, the elimination of other races, would, would, that, would that be like, well, that's just protected speech. That's okay. I, I'm pretty sure the school would have a problem. But I guess you can't answer well, the elimination, the elimination of all, you know, de- calling for the genocide of Jews, well, we can't really say that that's, uh, that's a problem or that's bullying or harassment. I mean, if it goes over into conduct, so if someone starts committing genocide, then I guess you can say, but then you wouldn't be, that wouldn't be bullying and harassment. That would be murder. <laughs> Obviously, I hope you have rules against murder. Hey, you can bully and harass, just don't commit ge- genocide. Just don't commit, ge- as long as you can call for genocide, you can march uh, on campus and call for the death of all blonde people. You could, you could call and, uh, and march uh, on campus and call for the death of all indigenous people. You can march on campus and call uh, for death to all the teachers. As long as you don't kill anybody, it's perfectly okay. I, uh, that's just, I, I, like, I don't understand that. I, I, look, here's, here's a simple answer. Look, on one hand, we are strong defenders of free speech on the campus of Harvard or MIT or Penn or any other university. We believe in free speech. But at the same time, we want our university to be a place where people can feel safe. So if people are marching or organizing a protest on campus where they call for the murder of an entire race of people, we're going to prob- we're going to have a problem with that because that's not acceptable on our campus. You cannot have a protest or march or call for the death of an entire race of people on our campus. It's pretty simple. At the same time, We'll do everything we can to defend their right to speak. I mean, that's, that's pretty, I don't, I don't understand why that's complicated. I don't understand. And I am just baffled by, look, it, you can be against the, the government of Israel. What does that have to do with Jewish people? You can be against Hamas. What does that have to do with a, uh, all Arab people? Right. What, like, what, why does it, why do you, like, if you're against, like, you could be against what happened in 9-11, September the 11th, 2001, the terrorist attacks in the United States of America. You can be against the people who carried those out. You can be against the terror groups who organized it. You can be against maybe the governments that helped support it. Fine. But that doesn't mean then you're against all Muslims or all people who come from an Arabic country or a Muslim country. That, be against the the group, the organization. When you then begin to go after a race of people for something, that I don't understand that. So I don't understand why these presidents could not simply say, "Hey, hey, 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 look, look, look." We understand that this is an emotional subject. Like they could have, they could have answered those questions like they're human beings, right? Hey, yes, calling for the genocide of an entire race of people is problematic and would violate our basic rules of conduct and standard at our university. However, they could have thrown in, we still at the same time want to be major defenders of free speech. But are they, are they like, I wonder how much they defend free speech on those campuses. Would they defend the speech 
of someone to come on their campus or organization to mount on their campus and speak out against LGBTQ? Would they be just as supportive of that? It just seems like a weird, like, you're literally, it's, it's a question about the call for genocide. I, I, I don't know in what world people would say genocide is, genocide is bad and people calling for genocide. Yeah, I don't know if we want to necessarily protect that speech on our campus. Hating Israel, wanting the government of Israel to go away, maybe even wanting the country of Israel to collapse. Maybe wanting even the nation of Israel no longer to be a country or for them to be defeated in war. I mean, like you could state it in another way, but calling for genocide is a very specific thing and not even of a country. You're calling for genocide of all Jews, a a racial designation. I I don't. The anti-Semitism that is rising Look, I don't want to I don't want to exaggerate it. I don't want to downplay it. But I think it should be concerning to all of us. Now, for those of us who believe that God is not done with the nation of Israel, God made promises to them and will fulfill those promises. How does the anti-Semitism fits into maybe that eschatology? That that's that's a theological question. But even if you don't believe God has a plan for Israel and God is done with the national Israel and now it's all about spiritual Israel, even if you believe that, we're still supposed to love even our enemies. We still don't want to see genocide. We still don't want to see death and persecution of people because of their race. And, and just remember, I can believe that God is not done with Israel. I can believe God has a plan for Israel and at the same time still be opposed to maybe certain actions and policies of the Israeli government. I can still say, well, I think it may, we could talk about Israel's military offensive into Gaza and have how is that being conducted and do we agree or disagree with it? Because obviously many civilians are being killed. At the same time, Hamas is clearly almost betting on that idea. Hey, because they're utilizing those civilians almost as shields. That, that's a problem as well. I mean, so there's lots of, there's many layers to all of it. But while we're trying to look at the different layers and process and come up with a good perspective on each individual layer in in this situation, I think we could, you think everyone would be able to say genocide is a bad thing. We do not support genocide. We do not support for people calling for genocide on our campuses. That's not controlling what someone believes. That is controlling what they can organize and say on campus. You can't, you can't change what a person believes, but you can say, we're not going to allow you to use the school grounds or school property for you to call for the genocide of another race of people. I mean, that's a very simple rule that you could have in a school. Now, if the student is not on school property and they're exercising their speech and they're calling for genocide, then that's then you know, then you can have a whole different issue there. Then should the school then try to control a student's speech that's said off campus and no affiliation with the campus? Well, then okay, I'm going to try to support freedom as much as possible. But there's got to be a fine line there, right? 
If someone is giving a speech of, I'm going to, I'm going to kill all students, you know, all, all high school students in America. I want them all dead. Typically, that's the kind of language you're like, oh, that's dangerous. Well, when someone starts calling for genocide of Jews, how do you know that's not going to lead to some kind of horrible attack upon an organization or place, synagogue or some other place where there may be many Jews? See, to me, it crosses over almost as a direct threat. And they're trying to say, well, unless it's targeted at an individual, well, every Jew on campus— would be targeted because they just called for the genocide of all of those students because any student on campus would fit the category they just made a threat against. Like, I don't understand why it's so complicated, but I, I, mm, something just isn't right. That's all, that's all I can say. Something isn't right. That we're reaching a critical area level where too many people seems to be supportive or not caring about anti-Semitism. Now, we, we listen to a Christian podcast going after Zionist. You know, if you, if you basically believe God has any plan for the nation of Israel, you're, that's Zionism. And, and you're, you're misrepresenting the scripture. And it's like, oh, man, I, what, what is going on here? What, what is going on here? Now, I'm not, I'm, again, I'm not, listen to me, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to express think feelings, I'm not trying to be dogmatic here. Maybe the anti-Semitism is not as bad as I feel it is and what I have seen. I'm not saying that the church at large is changing, but I think that there is some concerning aspects to what is going on. And it's something I think we need to take great concern with. I don't know if that clip bothered you, but those university presidents not able just to say, yes, calling for genocide of an entire race of people would violate our code of conduct (laughs) and our basic rules. Like, I don't understand how that's a problem. At the same time, though, we would take it case by case situation and we would try to do our very best to defend free speech as much as possible. But the calling for genocide over a race of people would violate basic rules of conduct because you can't have people on campus doing that. If you want the, the people of that group, that's the people who are being threatened with genocide are not going to feel comfortable on your campus. The call for genocide is bad. And look, I would, I, 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 I would, I am, it, if there was a campus and they were calling for the genocide of all people from Arabic nations, all Muslims, I would be opposed to it. If there were people on a Christian campus calling for the genocide of all LGBTQ people, I would be opposed to it. I'm opposed to the call of genocide. Have we, have we so lost our minds and our culture that we can't even say that anymore? What do you think? News, if at yahoo.com. News, if at yahoo.com. That's news, if at yahoo.com. Love to get your thoughts and feedback on this. I mean, as Christians, can we at least remember to love our enemies? 
And that means Democrats, Republicans, homosexuals, transgender, Muslims. We may hate an ideology. We may disagree with a belief system. But we can, aren't we called to love even our enemies and see people as being people created in the image of God? Even if you don't believe God has a plan for the nation of Israel, anti-Semitism would still be bad, right? Bigotry, hatred, wouldn't it be racism? Wouldn't those things be bad? I would think so. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a great night. God bless.